0: This is Thoughts and Players.
1: Hello, and welcome to Level 25 of the Thoughts and Players Podcast, the brand new gaming podcast with bold takes and no strings attached. I am Jeremy. Here once again with my two compadres, I have David. What up? And I have Corey. Praise the sun. No idea.
0: Come on, man. David,
2: it's your game, man. No, it's Solaire from uh, Dark Souls. Does a little praise the sun. And I thought I would do praise the sun because, you know, it's springtime. It's it's beautiful weather. Is it? Is it? I, I it, thought of this snow on. 28 degrees. Yeah. I, uh, I had thought of this one a couple days ago. Ah. So, so when I picked it, I'm like, cool, man. It's 70 degrees in Michigan. And we woke up today to uh, snow. And I'm wearing a hoodie and sweatpants because it is freezing.
1: Well, it's amazing because it appears that not only does do most of our listeners struggle to like you, it appears Mother Nature <laughs> itself it's <laughs> also struggling with it oh my
2: god that's
1: so mean i immediately apologize okay
2: and uh, and praise the sun for david because monster hunter rise his first game of the tournament came out and it's at a sterling 87 metacritic so congrats ah, david
1: Good i am golf clap
2: because i completely forgot i picked that game It'll end up being your best pick, but, you know, you got to celebrate the wins when you get them. Um, excuse me? We'll see about that.
0: Okay.
1: Hey, did one of your games get canceled, bud?
0: Uh, you're one that talked, <laughs> Jeremy.
1: Mine's got delayed, okay? So
0: did mine. indefinitely. It's Forever.
1: different.
0: Uh, right. Listen, listen. Right. Snap and 8 are going to kill it, okay? Okay. okay. okay.
1: All okay. right. All right. Um, well, speaking of killing something... Let's move on to our morning announcements with news item number one. And that is Microsoft decided to kill Xbox Live because Xbox Live is now Xbox Network. So guys you may be wondering what that means. Let me give you a little breakdown. Oh, well, what's different? Uh, pretty much nothing, okay? Uh, every, all the services and everything is the same. It's just that anyone who doesn't have a Live Gold membership they're using the Xbox network. If you have a live Gold membership, you're still an Xbox Live Gold member. So you may be wondering, well, why did they change it? They just, they got to do something. They got to seem busy. Uh, <laughs> guys, did you hear about this? When you heard about this, did you think, oh, something drastic is going to happen? Like I did, and then come to find out, oh, nothing really, they just literally changed the name?
2: Uh, I've been saying this for like over a year, I feel like, but. They, they are trying to get rid of Xbox Live. They want you to do Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, and I feel like this is a step somehow. Kind of like raising the prices to double the amount earlier was a step, but that backfired. This is more of a uh, convenient way to do it without, you know, angering people. But it will happen. It's just taking a long time.
1: Yeah.
0: I, it's, yeah, it's pretty much what you said, Jeremy. They're just looking busy.
1: I mean, I mean it, the thing is, is, like, Xbox Network sounds immensely more boring than Xbox Live. The older name was better, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, Network, it sounds like it has, you know, a network. Like, they, you know, they started in their own freaking, you know, Netflix thing or whatever. And then they have, you know, all this, you know, maybe free game stuff. And then they have I mean, this and that, like a network of stuff.
2: That's kind of what they're trying to say, right? Because they're doing xCloud they're doing the games with gold. They're doing Game Pass. They're hoping all this falls under one umbrella.
1: Well, Games with Gold is part of the Xbox Live Gold membership. God but what's ha- what
2: ha- <laughs> Xbox Games with Gold is trash.
1: They are, but they're Live Gold members only, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You don't have that. You're just a network member, guys.
0: <laughs> it's it's literally a trash bag, but instead of like those big fifty pound black ones, it's a fifty pound gold one. <laughs> They're just coating it.
2: Fifty pounds of gold is worth so much money.
1: Right. Well, it, it, a bag of which can hold fifty fifty pounds.
2: Yeah, not not yeah, not actually well, he, fifty pounds worth. Well, he said a fifty pound gold bag. I just you know took him literally. Sorry.
0: I can't take you anywhere.
1: Speaking of taking something anywhere, news item number two. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Rocket League is going mobile with Rocket League Sideswipe. Now, this is just a mobile version of Rocket League because, you know, I just said that. So I'm going to say it in the reverse way. So hopefully you understand what that is. Um, Anybody have anything to say about this? Because I know I straight up don't care.
0: I mean, it's a pretty popular game. I could see why they did it. How successful it's going to be, I don't know, because bringing things like this onto a smaller thing is not really good. Like Call of Duty did it. PUBG did it. I think I, I don't know anybody that plays that on mobile. Like sometimes your game's good where it is.
2: Yeah. yeah I got, I got nothing to say. I don't, I
1: don't care. <laughs> well, we're moving on to something. I surprisingly care about news item. Number three, Frost Giant Studios has uh, raised over nine point seven million in series funding and all that stuff for their new RTS game. RTS stands for real-time strategy. So, uh, Frost Giant Studios it is comprised of two former leads from Blizzard Entertainment, Tim and Tim, Tim Morton and Tim Campbell. Uh, Tim Morton worked on StarCraft Two. Tim Campbell worked on Warcraft Three. Uh, they they've been able to raise this money from a bunch of different venture capital firms, uh, some of them being backed by uh, Riot Games and, and other people, one-up ventures, so they can create a brand new real-time strategy game. They feel like the genre hasn't been getting too much love, and it hasn't, but there's still some room for it to shine. I'm very excited about that because I love RTS games. So the more that, that exists, the more they have high profiles, the more attention brought to it, more money, more people creating them. It benefits everyone. Now, no, you guys don't care about real-time strategy games at all. So, well, I mean, this... I,
0: the last one I played was Total Annihilation Kingdom. So, it's I played been
1: Halo Wars
2: too. I like RTSs. I just really never had the the computer to really play them. You know, I would hope more would come to console. Is there any info on this game? Like, is it is it militaristic? Is it future? Is it not Is a lot of fantasy, info,
1: not a lot of info yet. I will say that the fact that you said you wish more real-time strategy games came to console, yeah, it's blasphemy.
2: No, no, I think, <laughs> I think good developers <laughs> no, yeah, can make it work. They had the um the Lord of the Rings one, right? Real-time strategy. Yeah,
1: yeah it's blasphemy. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Halo Wars one yeah. and two are both yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, it's blasphemy. Okay, they can work. They can here's, work. A, here, here's, here's what you're saying. You're saying real-time strategy games are good. I know this. Okay, I know you know it. I'm just saying you're playing them on the inferior medium. You do have a computer that can play all these games, right? All you got to do is figure out how to make sure your graphics card works right. And I assume it does because you played Valheim. These are less crafty-demanding games than Valheim. So you'll be good. So when they do release a real-time strategy game, I will make sure I send you a link to it. And that way you can play it on the intended platform.
2: I played Aztec Empire. You did. Can you recommend me one right now?
1: Like, hey, this, is the,
2: yeah, this is the one you go out and get right now.
1: Like, that, well, that's the issue they're trying to solve for. There's no, you know, boom. If you want to play RTSs, you go to boom, right? Battle okay. Royales is, if you want to go, if you want to play Battle Royale, you go to Fortnite, even though even whether you like it or not. That's the thing, right? Um, with RTSs, no, really. But I mean, there's there's tons of them out there. All the Command & Conquerors you can go get um there's other ones more obscure ones homeworld deserts of karak that's another what was really good the, uh,
2: one. what was the world war ii one um shoot call of heroes or something like that
1: there's company of heroes company of
2: heroes yes i played yeah. that one that's an rts okay. correct
1: yep company of heroes ton... there's axis and allies that one's really fun yeah so Age good of players
2: 2 have you played that one yet
1: I've played all the Age of Empires. Matter they just of fact, re-
2: they just remade it.
1: They remade, yeah. They remastered all of them. How is it? They're great.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, they're cool. great. Yeah. In fact, guys, go play Age of Empires, especially if you have like Game Pass Ultimate. <laughs> just, just, just so disrespectful. item number four. Pikmin. I don't know if you guys know what the heck this is. Super lame. Game is <laughs> uh, this going to be the <laughs> next IP? Yeah. Pikmin. Pikmin is an RTS. Kind of. Yeah. uh It's the next game, augmented reality <laughs> game from Niantic, the company that made Pokemon Go. Now, Pokemon Go has been an absolute firestorm of success. Do you guys think Pikmin has the same pool and gravitas as a Pokemon, to make it the next big AR game. All right, so I'm,
2: I'm seeing a theme here. I missed okay. the Wednesday meeting, and these stories are not great. I don't know who decided to put Pikmin in here. I don't know who put RTSs in here, but like, no, this game's going to fail. They made a Harry Potter um, augmented reality game that failed. They made a Jurassic Park one that failed. Pikmin is so much smaller in scale than those two big franchises. This thing is dead on arrival. Like, it's, it's gone. It's no chance.
1: So you don't I, think the game mechanics inherent to the game lend better it to augmented reality?
2: It doesn't matter, because people care about the IP, first and foremost, for an augmented reality game, in my opinion.
0: I agree with that. I was going to say, I don't think it has the same pull as Pokemon does, because Pokemon no. has reached so many people for so many years. I don't know too many people that play Pikmin, and I was the one that put this news on here, Corey. Oh. Rude, but I just I just thought you know um, the people. Hopefully, there is enough people that like it. You know, have little Pikmins following you around everywhere and doing whatever. I never played Pikmin, so I don't know the gameplay too much. But I I mean I think AR games are are sweet. You know, I think we need more of them. But it's just that Pokemon was successful because it's Pokemon. We need to find more. Titles that are gonna work.
2: I would, uh, I would describe Pikmin as probably the greatest RTS of our time.
1: You're yeah, just you to would, get wouldn't ya. You would wouldn't ya. <laughs> You would, wouldn't you? You would, wouldn't you? News out of number five. Microsoft, they're doing something else. They're in talks, or discussing, or rumored to be in talks to buy Discord. Um, not a lot to add to this. No, please don't. I guess that's it for me. Uh, Guys, what (laughs) do you think? I
0: agree. Like Discord is great. I mean, things could always be better, of course, but I feel like if Microsoft takes it, they're going to ruin it. Yeah, 100% fair. Stay away. Listen, Discord, don't do it.
1: All right. News item number six. um, Joey lost the draft, also known as... Gotham Knights <laughs> has been delayed to 2022. Guys, is this a surprise? I'm figuring it is for Joey, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> Guys, is this a surprise <laughs> for you?
0: Honestly, I'm not surprised. So, so many games have been delayed this year. It's absolutely insane. But, like, has other Gotham games been delayed before? uh i don't know for a fact but
2: i mean you are right david there's been a ton of delays and it's like super unfortunate because it really feels like this year is going to be kind of a kind of a wash when it comes to like big triple a games that come out because so many of them are delayed into next year um i really thought this one was going to come out because the way they announced it with the suicide squad game they're like hey suicide squad is 2022 this one is this year so it's like okay cool they got back-to-back years with games so uh this this is surprising and this sucks because i was really looking forward to this game as well and yeah joey kind of got boned on it this was the people's choice so he screwed you over everybody
1: it was a first round draft pick too right
2: yeah Ooh. yeah and now we're gonna be talking about his second round draft pick go on
1: <laughs> the news item number seven back for blood it's been delayed until october so i got pushed back still this year though mm-hmm. still comfortably within this year but you're going to have to wait a little bit longer to get your Left for Dead fix. Unless you yeah. just play Left for Dead.
0: It was, it was <laughs> supposed to be coming out in June 22nd, I believe, was the original release date. Then being pushed back to October. But they are in talks of a beta, so hopefully that you know, gives people the amount they need until the actual game comes out. Because right. my, my brother and I, we did the uh, bonus level about this game, and he is super upset about this i told him he was like no what like all caps <laughs> lock like, he's very very mad about it but i mean i just i hope it comes out this year i, I don't oh, want to see it delayed until next year
2: you guys you guys played the alpha correct yes okay so they there was an alpha they said there's going to be a beta i think that's probably enough to where i it seems like it'll come out this year you know, they have enough stuff already out there, enough gameplay, enough stuff made where it's right. probably safely going to make it, but still a little worrisome, you know? You don't yes. want to see this gets put, pushed back into next it, year.
0: It's it's right at the, the, the cusp of being pushed back till next year. Right. Or not. Like, right. It's, it's scary.
1: I mean, well, after Cyberpunk last year, you can't trust anything. Right,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, yes.
1: News item number eight. New Among Us map dropped yesterday, March thirty first. Um, so there you go. If you play Among Us, a new map, it's still hot. A lot of people still playing it.
0: So. Oh yeah, it's the numbers are still up there. They've tried. What's you know, the map? But airship.
2: Oh, it just got. It just came out.
0: Yes. Oh okay. Have you played it, David? I know it just uh, came I, out yesterday. I, yeah, I, I haven't had the time yet.
1: Okay. News item number nine? PS3, the PS Vita, and the PSP digital stores are shutting down. July 2nd for the PSP and then August 27th for the Vita and the PlayStation 3 or is that just Vita?
2: PlayStation 3 is July 2nd as well.
1: Okay. So PlayStation 3 and PSP, July 2nd, Vita, August 27th. Um... Do you guys care? I don't own... Well, actually, I own a PlayStation 3, but I, I haven't... It's not, I haven't used it for a while. I just used it to play PlayStation 2 games, honestly. Um, <laughs> you guys have any of these? Does this matter, really? I you? mean,
0: I have a PS3, but I've literally never used it for the internet. I'm, <laughs> I'm honestly surprised the services are still up.
2: I'm, I'm not sad about it, but, you know, I, I did have a PS3, and, you know, I did have a PSP, and I do have a PS Vita. So like I don't think I'll be able to buy anything on the Vita anymore at all, which is disappointing and it and it, and it sucks coming from Sony cuz it really feels like they don't care as much about the like preservation of like their older games. You know, you see a company like Microsoft now who they're they're all in, hey, you know, this is our entire backlog, our entire entire history. And Sony's like, yeah, after this date you can't like, the Vita's going to be pretty useless to me. You know, they don't really sell those games in stores as much. So it's like, where am I going to get these things if I do want to play again?
1: Well, you know, you, you have to make an effort to preserve your history when you don't make good new games. Okay. News item number 10. Total War Rome Remastered, set to release April 29th. Guys, I am over the moon on this. Ooh. Total War Rome which is the remake of Rome Total War. I know they inverted their titles. One of my favorite games of all time, okay? It's it's the Total War formula. It's the one that set it up. You had Shogun Total War before that, and then you had Rome Total War, and that's really what put Total War on the map as far as its philosophy, its game design, and all that stuff. Them doing a remaster of it makes total sense. It's glorious. They're incorporating some new game mechanics that have worked and really successful into it but also keeping a lot of the older stuff um from what i understand is that it's going to come out for either 29.99 or 39.99 but if you have the older first version you get i believe you get it for 50% less. Mm. Oh wow. So that's a great way to reward people who have had this game for a long time. That's, of course, if you bought it through Steam or GOG or something like that. I, of course, myself have a physical copy of the game, so I get no discount, but I'm not mad, okay? Because if you're going to give me that game in pristine, graphic quality, all that stuff, I'm with it, 100%. This is great news. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. For real. You're right. All right. News item number 11. (laughs) News item item number 11 is very sad. It's a very unfortunate news item we have to report here. But it appears over the time before, between last episode and this episode or this level, that Mario, that's right, Super Mario, who was murdered in our game character bracket, has also been murdered in real life. Now, (laughs) This this All this news broke on Twitter. Corey is our Twitter correspondent. So, mm. Corey, do you want to fill us in on exactly how Mario met his demise?
2: Yeah, and, like, all this stuff was already known that it was going to happen. But three major things kind of happened. The um, servers for Mario Maker 1 on the Wii U, they were shut down so you can no longer upload levels. So that game, you know, a game where there's infinite possibilities now has a finite possibility. There's no more added to that game. Um, The 3D All-Stars game, which included Super Mario 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy, not Galaxy 2, and there's really no upgrades to the other three, that game is now going to be stopped from getting sold in the Nintendo eShop. And any copies that are in the wild, um, once they're gone, they're gone. You can't buy the game anymore. And then the little fun battle royal game, Mario 35 for its 35th anniversary, that is shut down. It was an online game. It was free. You can no longer play that. Why are these decisions being made? No one can know. No one knows. It makes no sense. You have a a very popular character, and they're just like, hey, you can't buy his game anymore.
1: You know what? It doesn't make any sense, but it sounds like Nintendo.
2: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was a ploy to artificially, you know, get that demand up. You know, because I think 3D yep. All-Stars sold, uh, the last I've seen was 8.3 million copies, which is a ton. You yeah, know, yeah. so, um, and I know quite a few, I know a couple people, not quite a few, but I know a couple people who was like, oh, it's, it's going to be rare. I got to buy it. And it, it's not rare. <laughs> you know, there's 8 million copies plus X amount of digital copies that people have bought. But, right. uh, you know, it, it sucks. Why are, they, why are they doing this? You know, let people buy this game if they want it, whenever. And you know, Nintendo's always doing stuff like that.
0: Yeah, they just wanted a self-inflated hype train. Yeah, yeah. and it worked. Like, Artificial I,
1: scarcity. I, yeah.
0: I, yeah. R.I.P. In it for P. money.
1: And that leads us to our final news item. News hour number number twelve is Streets of Rage four. They have DLC planned for their future. Do we know what this DLC is called?
0: Uh, there's no exact information Uh, I, re- I was reading an article Supposedly it's based on The final boss In the original Streets of Rage Gotcha So that's all I have on it And they didn't really have a release date But it's in the works gotcha. So I'm excited for that
1: Gotcha, gotcha Well that is our Morning announcements, news stories 12 of them, in and out that means we're going to move on to the roundtable, where we discuss a singular topic or event, and of course, our roundtable continues with the twenty twenty one global worldwide game character fight to the death bracket, oh, Sp- the S- sponsored by GameStop. Okay, so <laughs> this this bracket. For this level, it's a tricky one, but it's one that it's one it's one we probably just intrinsically are the most knowledgeable about, and that is the bracket of the shooters, okay, so if you guys know how this goes based on our two previous brackets, too, right two mm-hmm. is that we have this, we do a random drawing of the people in this thing, and then they go up against one another, and it keeps going and keeps going until we have our our final you know pick, I guess, a final victor, and remember, we look at this as a fight to the deaths. So keep that in mind, but we're going to get started with these shooters. Now, I don't know guys, should we list out? should we tell people who the shooters are in our bracket first, or should we just start and just have them discover surprise we have in this bracket? <laughs> okay? okay? Well then let's get started, bro. Sure. We're gonna do we're gonna do a randomizer here. Okay. So the first person, it is Marcus Phoenix.
2: Oh boy, Gears of War
1: Fame. Yep. Of Gears of War Fame versus uh, BJ Blatskowitz of Wolfenstein. Now I'll be honest. I played these games ex- extensively. I know they're different guys, but they're kind of the same guy. <laughs> they're Ugh. they're the gruff guy, gruff stunning guy that are really good at killing things, okay? For for Marcus Phoenix, it's the you know, the horror things, forgot the locust. name. The Locust. and, and for Blaskowitz, it's Nazis, okay? So we understand this, we know this, but guys, who's winning this match?
0: I don't know anything about Wolfenstein, but I do know a bit about Phoenix and that it's a strong contender, you know? He's really good at what he does. And with the gun that he has, the chainsaw gun thing, you know, that's sweet. And then the, the, the shotguns that they have are great. So, I mean, like... I know I don't know the Wolfenstein guy, but it seems just kind of like... Because the Wolfenstein guy is just a regular character, right? Just a person who's really good at shooting?
1: More or less, I think. More or less.
0: So, and then, you know, Phoenix, like, the armor that they have and everything, like, I, I feel like he just kind of wins. Maybe not in a landslide, but I feel like he takes it.
1: Hmm. Okay.
2: All right. I, I, I will argue next. Now... I've played pretty much every Gears of War game. I know Marcus very well. Um, He's he's an incredible foe. You know, he's very durable. Um, He he wins the the day for the world, you know. But um, I don't know BJ that well, but I do know one thing about his game told for me from a friend. In Wolfenstein 2, now this is a spoiler, so if you're going to plan to play it, I'm sorry, but I believe he gets his head disconnected from his body and he gets put onto a robot. And he goes ham on everybody. And, like, if he can survive that, like, BJ's apparently the man. Like, I don't know much about him, but I know at the beginning of Wolfenstein, whatever, whatever, he was in a wheelchair and he rolled around and he took out a bunch of Nazis that way. Mm -hmm. So, like, this dude has all the willpower in the world. I think he would take out Marcus because even though BJ is kind of a regular human, Marcus is, is kind of a regular human. You know, those guys get killed at, at, at one bullet. You know, you see, uh, what's that? What's those brothers? The, uh, the Carmines. Yeah. Yeah. They die with just one shot. You know, mm-hmm. we saw Dominic Santiago, another spoiler. He died, you know, it was in a crash, but those guys are humans too. Yeah. So I think yeah, BJ would, would will it out.
1: Not only could he will it out, speaking of will what about wield bj can dual wield Ooh. i've never seen marcus dual wield
2: mm, i didn't know that okay mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: are we all getting bjs is that what we're doing right here we're all
1: you don't you don't say it like that okay <laughs> well, I, mean... I, didn't, I didn't i didn't catch your last joke we... with master hand okay? we love bj is what and, we're saying and see so you're doing it and you're doing it <laughs> no bj you?
0: for david yeah, I still think Phoenix. Okay, me and okay. Jeremy will enjoy this.
1: We'll take it. BJ's for me and Corey. Uh, <laughs> so he takes he takes that for number one, and we would now move on to our next match. It just felt so dirty, even saying that. Really trying to recoup here. Uh, but our next person.
0: It was a uh, pretty sloppy. <laughs>
1: Uh, moving on, we have uh, we have <laughs> handsome Jack. I will say that uh, that name does not help with trying to transition on well at all. <laughs> uh, but it is Handsome Jack of Borderlands fame versus <speaks seront> nope, can't do him. <ynasty> tracer of Overwatch.
0: Ooh, cheers. So. Cheers, love.
1: Yeah. Handsome Jack versus Tracer. What do we got going on here?
0: Who's okay. taking this? So Handsome Jack is that crazy guy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Just making sure. But I still think Tracer. Tracer, that's it. <laughs> the, the super dashing and reversing time and pulse bomb, like, I, I don't think he's be able to keep up with their speed.
2: Jeremy, do you have anything to say about Handsome Jack?
1: Um, he's funny. He is funny. Um, he's pretty good with a gun. But is he he's not extraordinary. You know? Right. So, I haven't think about it with Tracer. If I'm thinking about it. I think I want to give this one to Tracer actually.
2: All right. I picked Tracer as well. That All right. Was a little too easy.
1: Yeah, clean sweep for Tracer,
2: and we have four really good pick. Well, three really good picks left.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we do. one walk. So Who's we're that? so we're going to move on to our next
0: person, um, that was, which that was is a great dis- discussion.
1: Our next person is Samus of Metroid fame versus. Oh, can't do, can't do that guy. Gordon Freeman of Half-Life
2: fame. And that was The Walk.
1: Gordon that was Freeman, The Walk?
2: Gordon Freeman's a scientist, man. He's like just a regular dude, right? Like he was chosen by the G-Men to, to do this little quest, but at the end of the day, he's just a, a scientist. You know he's got a crowbar. That's like his main weapon. He's also got the gravity gun, which I love, and that's gonna help. But Samus is a elite bounty hunter that travels worlds and takes out space pirates and Mother Brains and Ridley's. Like mm-hmm. she has everything in her arsenal to take out easily. Gordon Freeman. You know I don't even mm-hmm. think he'd be able to touch her armor, to be
0: honest. Right, yep. and then that ar- arm cannon, and then she just freaking right. roll around like a ball, Right.
2: mines it's, everywhere. It's it's over. Like this was not fair.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I think, I think it's a mopping of the floor, with Samus and and Gordon Freeman. A mopping of the floor. Now, if it wasn't Gordon Freeman, if it was Morgan Freeman, we have a little <laughs> bit more of a debate here. But it's Gordon Freeman, so I think Samus just wipes the floor with him. All right.
0: It's so fair so two in a row.
1: And this le- This a marquee us. Matchup. This, yeah, this Ooh. is the main ticket event. We have Master Chief, Mr. ha oh, 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 himself uh-huh. versus Doom Slayer Guy. Now, uh, guys, I've been playing both games extensively. Ooh. And therefore, I am going to um, reserve my judgment immediately and let you guys uh, take it out first. Okay? So let's think it through. Who's winning this? Who's winning this? We have a guy that travels alien worlds fighting and defending mankind. We have a guy who travels through the depths of hell defending and <laughs> fighting for mankind. Who do we got? This
2: might be the toughest round in, in the entire bracket. It is. Like I, I, I do not have my pick yet. I have no clue. Um Doomguy is a straight up maniac. He is. Like he moves like he's on speed. Like yeah. he's around, he's killing demons by the second. He's got such intense firepower. Like the BFG, you had mentioned it in a in a different round table. That's one of the greatest right. guns of all time. Yeah. If he gets his hands on that and we're allowing them to get all the stuff they would have in their own games, right. like I don't know if anybody survives the BFG. You know that takes out everybody. And yeah. he's just, I don't know, he's, he's unkillable, it almost feels like. He's amazing. But then you have Master Chief, who is a one-man army. Like, he has saved, you know, uh, whatever the Earth Defense Force is. Like, that's him. He is a Spartan. He is the man. And he's got some good guns. Nothing like the BFG, but he's got a whole arsenal. And he's got the mark, whatever the suit is at the time, that mm-hmm. protects him like no other armor in video games. So, I problems, don't know. I I, was gonna I, I threw that out there but I really don't know yet. Uh David, do you have anything
0: to add? Uh I I haven't played any in Doom games. Uh I played a lot of uh Halo 3, a little bit of 4 and Reach, but uh, I was just I was really uh, my big debate was uh, his armor. Like even though Doom guy has all these cool weapons, is his armor is his guns even going to do anything to that armor, you know? B- like, BFG that's... will.
2: But is that it? And like I, I don't play a lot of Doom, but I know the Doom shotgun is like infamous for being yeah. one of the best guns in all. Well, here's gaming. the
1: thing: like Master Chief's armor isn't impervious to bullet damage, right? So you know he can, whether it's whatever gun, is still do damage. Now, yeah, um, ah, man, I'm sitting here thinking about this. This is such a hard,
0: very tough. And like, hard, okay, Chief uses the uh the Halo sword. Is he even gonna be able to? shoot master chief before he even gets to him with that sword because you know how you like launch at the people i mean
2: that's a good question but is chief going to be able to get the sword before doom guy blows his head off like we can go back and forth i don't know well it's, i mean I'm... he should be
0: equipped with it already right
2: well no i mean we give them their starting equipment and they have the ability to get that stuff throughout okay. the arena but um, okay. all right i'll say this i don't know if any of you guys have played through the halo stories jeremy i'm assuming you have david you were more online
0: uh, mostly I did play through the Halo Three campaign.
2: Okay, so uh, there was a line in the Halo series where Co- Cortana explained while sh- why she picked John, aka Master Chief. Do you guys remember why she picked him? Nope, I,
1: not fully. No,
2: she said he was luckiest. All the Spartans in the world, you know, she had their choice of them, and he said, and she said John was lucky, and that's why she picked him. So in a match, a matchup this close, I think luck. Is what wills him on. And that's what I'm going with.
1: Mm. That's interesting. Here's here's why I think after all this debate, I'm going Doom Guy. And it has a little bit to do with what you said earlier. I believe that Doom Guy holds absolutely no reservation based on what I've <laughs> played about murdering someone. Right. Master Chief. Has at times displayed some hesitance. He has a moral compass of which creeps up every now and then, ever so slightly, even to someone that's an enemy that he assesses right. And I think that little bit of just that quick millisecond, right, half second, is what gives Doom Guy, who's just pro and just I just kill and I kill everything. I think that's what might give him the edge. If you give, if you give Master Chief the sword and you give, or if if you think that's the strongest weapon, because that's usually a one hit kind of kill thing. And you give Doomguy the BFG, who do I think would have the most most innate killer instinct in that scenario? I'm going to go with Doomguy.
2: All right, before David picks, uh, those are those are great points, Jeremy. I could easily agree with you, you know, and I kind of do. I, I think tomb Guy has a great chance. But Doom Guy to me is like that guy in your like in the war that's nuts. You want him on your side, you know, you don't know what he's gonna do. If you need someone to go into the camp, he'll take out everybody. But Master Chief is the ultimate soldier. He is disciplined, he knows what to do, he's fearless, he will always get the job done. To the best of his ability, and I think that maybe just wins out a little bit over this craziness of Doom Guy. I don't know. I it's so close. It really is. Like I'm glad it's up to David. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I I really love it. it.
1: Yeah, (laughs) great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we won't get blamed for making the wrong choice. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, is it really the wrong choice if they're the winner?
2: History is written by the winners. So
0: exactly. But thinking about it, I'm going to go back to one of the previous brackets where Ryu lost because of his intuitions. And I'm thinking Jeremy does have a great point with how chaotic Doomguy is. And Corey does have a point with Master Chief is very, very disciplined and he knows when and what to do. But... Even without playing the games, I really have to agree with the chaos that is Doom Guy because, as Rio lost, Scorpion won because of his ability to murder without hesitation. Now we know Rio and Scorpion are from different game types, but so is Master Chief and Doom Guy. And with the, the chaos, as I said, that is Doom Guy. I think that takes the cake. It has been spoken.
1: It is. It has been. It has been, deep, You guys, a titan has fallen, but wow. to another titan, to another titan.
2: I mean, do I mean like Master Chief is the 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 present doom guy. You know, it was Doom guy, and then it was Master Chief. You know, it yeah. was those yeah. are the two biggest FPS guys. So yeah, can't, right. Can't hate. Can't hate on the pick. You know. Oh man, great battle. I think that's the best battle we've had. Yeah, and, and, and just maybe like... maybe
0: we'll... seismic. Right. Yeah. It's you know it's a game I never played so I wasn't even playing favorites you know I had I had to take a crazy stand on that one
1: absolutely incredible incredible fight right there Um, wow wish you guys could have saw it we're going to (laughs) so so now we have dude
0: we need to find an animator and just have people animate these things right just
2: go to just go to
0: death battle I'm
2: sure they've already done this fight. (laughs) so so, uh well we got the top bracket now
1: we have the top we have our top fours so our top fours we're gonna have bj versus tracer yeah bj blaskowitz versus tracer Uh, that's our first match uh,
2: i mean do i gotta say it or does someone else want to say it you go ahead and say it i mean it's tracer okay i mean right like we like BJ was versing pretty much another kind of normal human, you know, enhanced for sure. And Marcus and he won, which was mm-hmm. great. But Tracer is extremely enhanced. She's got all the speed in the world. She's got the abilities. Yep. You know, BJ yep. has the willpower, but Tracer has the abilities and the abilities are going to carry her through. She's very fast. She's deadly. She can reverse time. BJ will put up a fight. You know, that's just the kind of warrior he is. But right. at the end of the day, Tracer, you know, it's <laughs> she's tough.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think I think Tracer.
0: Tracer on.
1: Yep, I think Tracer pretty much takes it. Um, and that leads us to our next battle: Samus versus Doom Guy. This is so good. This is so good.
0: This is is a great one. This is.
1: This is this is so
2: so good. Someone's got to take this. I can't. I can't. I'm. I'm. I'm pumped. Okay,
0: so. Okay, so we we've been through Doom Die pretty much, and yes. but Samus Samus's last fight was a wash, you know. So yes. we didn't really even talk about it. But Samus's ability to her movement ability, I think, really helps her on this one. She, I, I don't, I don't think between like Samus and Master Chief, I think Samus has definitely has the moves over Master Chief, which Doom I think Die? makes no, no, no. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. sorry. So I, I'm thinking. Samus is gonna be hard for Doom Guy because Doomguy is great and all, but he has to hit targets and she's swifty.
2: That's fair, but like if anyone can do it, it is Doomguy because the guy's the guy's a maniac. The guy moves around so quick. But I, I agree with you. Samus, you know, she has the morph ball, which lets her scoot around. She's got the screw attack, which, you know, pretty much lets her fly. You know, it's when she gets into the morph ball or kind of, you know, rolls together and she can kind of like Right, zoom herself up. She's got, um, in some games, she's had it where she's been able to, like, move super fast. You know, she's got the ice beam. She's got the, she's got tons of different beams to her disposal. You know, the charge beam, her regular one that's very powerful. It's, right. uh, she's a deadly warrior, you know? And she has every bit of feats as Guy has. You know, I know he's defeated demons and all that, but she's defeated alien races. So, I, I don't know. It's very tough. You know, her armor kind of presents the same trouble that master chief you know presented to doom guy it's a very durable armor right. and she kind of it, it's made for like all circumstances
0: yeah and even if he does get through and you know damages the suit we have zero suit samus as well and she's high oh, that's that's a whole that's that's irrelevant but <laughs> it, it it's a that's that's a whole a whole nother ballpark, ballpark on its own that is true that is true <laughs>
1: Um,
2: Jeremy, you've been quiet, man.
1: Yeah, I've been thinking.
0: I was just say he's been debating his own head.
1: I've part of the part of what I'm trying to do here. To be quite frank, I don't like Samus. So, I have been trying to make sure I don't let my bias color my opinion, my choice of things, like I did the previous one, which I I think I was right anyway. But you know. <laughs> Samus has all that stuff, all the abilities. She's conquered aliens and But I mean like Doom Doom Guy is crazy.
2: Yeah. It's, it's so tough. Tough. like so Samus far. is just Samus is like a survivor. You know, yeah. she's like she was raised by the Chozo or whatever, and you know, given their abilities and she's been on her own her whole life and she's never had anybody. She's a hardened warrior, like She's probably crazy, you know? <laughs> That's yeah.
0: what I was gonna say.
2: But like, man, the BFG is the BFG. Like,
0: yeah, yeah we're yeah. basing Doom Guy on one weapon. Like, well,
1: it's not just Doom Guy extremely you know? quick, Doom Guy lethal with melee attacks. Um, and all his other weapons are insane too. It's just the BFG is another level. Um, but I'm thinking, I am thinking here, and I'm I'm thinking. Samus can match Doom Guy in literally every category, um, and if every if they're in a situation where they're fighting, and someone has boom 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 boom, if if there's an instance where Doom Guy gets his weapon knocked away, who has the upper hand in that scenario? It's going to be right. Samus because her weapon's attached to her.
0: Yeah, you can't make her lose her weapon.
1: Right. So I think in this scenario. Though I don't like her, I'm gonna have to go with Samus over Doom Guy.
0: That's where I was going. Uh, man, I, I don't know. I guess you guys voted two
2: to one already. If I do pick Doom Guy, but I, I, I think Samus then. Yeah, I think Samus. You know, I was willing to vote Master Chief over Doom Guy. I think Samus would put up a great fight against Master Chief as well. So I guess I'll vote Samus. She's she's very strong. So.
1: Well, I would pick Samus over Master Chief as well.
2: You're allowed to die in yeah. your hills, Tori. No, okay. I mean it's this is the kind of battles I like. Ones where I really don't know. You know, I want to hear the opinions and kind of be swayed by them because, right? You I know, agree. I think I think Samus though has a, a wide variety of techniques and moves that she can use to her disposal, and right. that'll kind of get Doomguy, Guy, who's mostly a run, he's a run and gun. You know? Yeah. I think it's been thirty years, and he just got his grappling hook. Right, Doom Eternal. (laughs) Right, so he's got a ways to go. Another thirty. Master Chief just got his just
1: got his grappling hooked. That's true. That's
2: true. Master Chief doesn't really have that many abilities, so I think I would have voted Samus as well over him.
1: Well, guys, that leads us to a all hashtag all women.
0: Yeah, woman power. Let's go. Bracket here
1: of the shooter category of the shooters, and that is tracer of overwatch versus samus of metroid
0: don't
2: rule 34 this don't
1: right.
0: bring up rule 34 what the heck <laughs> this this level is <laughs> dirty
1: so uh so guys where do we, i mean where do we start with this we've kind of examined tracer and samus i have no
0: idea okay
1: because they're so comparable in so many ways
0: both of these fighters got here because of their abilities. Now they're both abilities versus abilities. So you can't just use that.
1: Right. I know. It's so.
2: Right. Right. So what do you do? You look at the warrior itself. You know, Samus, like I've previously said, she's a hardened warrior. You know, she, she took down Doom Guy, who's a psycho. Um, Tracer is fun loving. She will get the job done. But at the end of the day, she's got like this whimsical, almost like kid like um, mentality, right. which I think could get her in trouble in a fight like this.
1: Uh, you know, yeah. Samus, Samus right. doesn't
2: play around. Samus is. Yeah, she's she's got emotions, but she keeps them in check always. Right. And she gets the job done. And right. at the end of the day, even though they both have abilities, I tend to think Samus's are just a little stronger. I know mm-hmm. the dashing's very strong. And the time, obviously, if you could travel in time all the time, that would be OP. But her time travel is 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 limited—five, six seconds—and right. yeah. you can't use it nonstop. So um, I think Samus would be quick to fight, you know, to catch that
0: trick. I, that's right. what I was about to say. I think Samus's intelligence when it comes to fighting is very high, and she would pick up on Tracer's dashing and time rewinding and stuff like that. So she could, you know shoot where she thinks she's gonna come up or she could place her minds and you know like that. So I think I think the intelligence of Samus comes into play here. And I think Samus wins because of that.
2: Right. I think for Tracer, um I can't remember her ultimate. What's her ultimate? It's the Pulse Bomb. Yeah the Pulse Bomb. I think that would almost be like her Hail Mary. Like if she could get that off hey maybe you defeat Samus. But other than that, I really don't see her taking her out. You know, because of that suit. It's so right. strong right. of a suit. Yeah. You know, and even if you do get the pulse bomb, like you said, goes zero it to C a ball Samus. form
0: or something, you know, like, what is, is that really going to get through?
2: I don't think so. So I think, you know, we, um, this isn't as exciting as Doom Guy versus those other two, but, you know, I think Samus takes it.
1: I would, I would, you know, I would have, when you think about the abilities, and again, you think about Tracer may go into this underestimating Samus. And Samus won't do the same.
0: He's exactly. bringing a
1: disciplined soldier mentality to the fight. I think Samus takes it.
0: Yeah, because I don't think Tracer is going to pick up Samus's gameplay as much as Samus is picking up Tracer's, like I said before. Right. So there we have it. Our so, first uh, yeah,
2: female Samus. advancing to the Elite Eight.
1: Samus takes a shooter bracket. Unbelievable. Against Doom Guy, against against Master Chief, all these people.
0: That was a good bracket. That was actually a great bracket. That I was, was fun. actually Like as we were talking before we started recording this level, I'm like, "This is just be a, a wash bracket." <laughs> but no, <laughs> I was proved very wrong, and I'm actually very glad about that. It
2: was yes. it was it was a good one.
0: It was a great
1: Seismic one. Seismic fights, absolute titans.
2: She she joined Sonic and Scorpion. And Samus, look at that—the S's.
0: Wow, see a little uh, theme going on here. Yeah. What's our next one?
1: Our next bracket. We always is, give a little hint. Well, I think our next bracket we were trying to um, iron out a little bit more, but oh. I believe the I believe the next bracket that we can go with—that's pretty much good to go—is going to be the horror bracket.
0: Ooh. Yeah. That's where
1: that's, that's a good stat one. That's where things get scary. <laughs> I'm
0: excited for that one. <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh guys, Samus wins. You let us know. Did the right person win? I think so. I think we I think we audited this thing as best we could and we came up with a good good victor. It just makes sense. Came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it to be her. But yeah. when it all comes, when all said and done, it makes sense. Mm. Yeah, so we're gonna move on from the roundtable to quickfire, where we talk about one, two, possibly three games we've been playing, that we want to highlight. And uh, who would like to give their quickfire first? Or I could go.
0: Uh, I'll go. All right. What's All your right. Point? So, as everyone knows, I've been playing the Apex, grinding now. I finally completed my battle pass thirty days early. Woohoo! Woo! <laughs> but uh, you know, so now I'm just grinding rank. I was playing a lot of duos. But then uh, I've also been playing this game that I found recently. It's called A Dance of Fire and Ice. Now, people know I'm into, like, rhythm games. So I was, you know, playing a lot of Eternum before, but now I'm playing this. It's, uh, you know, you're, you're two little planets, so, you know, two spheres, and they follow uh, a map, is what I've been calling it. And you have to hit the uh, planets on beat with the the map. So And, there, you know, of course, there's music going. And the map can follow... Anything that the music is using, like uh, you know, bass, snare, uh, uh, ri- other rhythm, noises. I can't think of the words right now. But uh, it's been very fun, and uh, that's my quick fire.
2: Nice. Nice. All right, you want me to go, Jeremy? Yeah, ahead. All right, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I actually have three, uh, but very oh. quick for the first one. I'm going to uh, pump up mobile again. I've been playing a game called Retro Bowl. Which is like Tech Mobile, but for your iPhone or iPad or whatever. And it's actually surprisingly awesome. Really good touch controls. You can pick any team in the league. Uh, they don't have real players, but you can actually do a franchise where you can cut people, trade people, increase your stadium. So a little bit of a simulation to it, simulation to it, which is a lot of fun. I've also been playing, I finished Superliminal, and I just wanted to talk about it again because it was a fantastic puzzle game. If you are at all into puzzle games, this is the best one I've played since Portal. I don't play a lot of puzzle games, but it gave me that kind of same feeling. So, really fun. It took a little bit of a turn, and the puzzles just make you feel so brilliant once you figure them out.
0: I, I played Moa Stray. That's puzzle-like. So, do you think this would be equivalent? Pick this I, up.
2: I, I didn't really like Moa Stray, but um, I would say it's definitely closer to Portal, where you have a room... And your objective is to get out the room. And you got to use the, the stuff that they sent you from the beginning of the game. You know, like I said, it's where um, uh, reality is blah, blah, blah. You know, um, you can grab an item and you can make it smaller or bigger. Or you can look right. at certain things a certain way. And that's that's the entire game. You know, those are the puzzles you're figuring out. But they do get harder and harder. And like I said, when you figure them out, it just feels so good, man. There was one puzzle uh, with an apple. If anyone plays it, the puzzle with the apple and the fan... Like I felt like a freaking genius after I figured it out. I was like, "Oh man, this is so cool!" But um, I've also been playing It Takes Two, which just recently came out. It's a co-op game by the same people who made Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, and uh, A Way Out. So this is like their third strictly co-op game. You have to play it co-op. I've been playing with my wife. Uh, really fun game. It reminds me a lot of Little Big Planet. Um, it has that nice thing where like every section had introduces something new, so you're never just getting bored with the same mechanics. It introduces a new mechanic that's fun, you play it until like you feel like you've done enough, and they take it away. It has really good timing with that, so it takes to a really good co op game. Nice, cool.
1: I've been playing two games, uh, still playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I've played enough to where I can confidently say. That beneath a bunch of crap is actually a pretty good game, um, but but there is so much crap. I know when I did the <laughs> wasn't it worth it at sixty, it's still not worth it. I believe I've seen it around thirty. I think it's thirty dollars for PlayStation Five, Corey. If you want an open world game, I think at thirty is worth exploring as an open world game if you have some interest. There's a lot of different mechanics, rating, and all that stuff like that that gets. A little bit better, but there's just way too much grinding in the game. Just just an obscene amount of grinding you have to do. Um, but yeah, so I've been playing a bunch of AC Valhalla. Also played a bunch of Empire of Sin. I mentioned this being one of the two Mafia games I was looking forward to playing, the other one being the Definitive Edition of Mafia. Um, this is the other one. It is a game where you're basically playing a mobster in 1920s Chicago, And your objective is to be the big show mobster in town. A lot of stuff in this game is broken. A lot of stuff (laughs) doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, To the tactics, the game mechanic of combat, it's taken from XCOM. It does it not great. This is especially after playing Gears Tactics, which I think did it really well. Um, There was at one point where I was playing as a character and I tried to do an Overwatch and the computer just would not let me do it. it can get very frustrating. Um, uh, There's also a bunch of other things that are kind of broken, but it also has some fun. There's enough there that where this is actually a pretty interesting idea. You get to buy, you can buy rackets or you can take over rackets. You get to hire gangsters. You get to buy weapons and different upgrades and stuff for them. It's interesting, but um, I put some time into that. We'll probably put a little bit more time into it too. Um, But yes, those are the two games I have been playing recently. So uh, that is it for our quick fire. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will be back with Was It Worth It? We are proud to announce that this level of the Thoughts and Players podcast is brought to you by Tefosi Gaming. Now, look, I've realized that over the years, my gaming sessions have become shorter and shorter. Is part of that because I've become busier? Yes. Less talented? Probably not. But I also noticed I began experiencing more headaches and strain on my eyes. And if you're in the same boat, Tofosi is here with an excellent solution. Think about it. We're on our phones, TVs, and computers more now than we ever have. And all of these devices emit blue light. Tofosi Gaming Glasses reduce blue light exposure, combat dry eyes, and help you game in truer colors. Tefosi Gaming Glasses come in a variety of stylish designs and colors, or you can hop onto their website and design your own ultimate gaming eyewear. Check out Tofosi through our affiliate link in the show notes and description, or visit www.tifosioptics.com forward slash gaming. That's it. And now, back to the show. And we are back with more thoughts and players. And we are moving on to our favorite segment, your favorite segment. It is, was it worth it? And for this game of was it worth it? I believe it's partly in uh, response to a little bit of a poll we have put out there as to what the next game might be. And I believe this game, this poll was put out before we ended up doing Fallout 76. But (laughs) I believe this is the game that actually won the poll. And that is Persona 5 Strikers. This is a Persona 5, Musu, Hybrid, Thingy, What's Bobbit, and uh, Corey had the honor of playing it because, Perfect you know. Perfect description. Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go through the, our five categories. So, let's start with the visuals. Corey, you played this game. How would you say the visuals struck you in Strikers?
2: Uh, yeah, I like what you did right there. Um, I really love the visuals of this game. If you've played, if you've seen Persona 5 at all, um, it's the exact same visuals, which I think hold up because of their art style. You know, they're not the most, um, it's not like straight out of an anime, though they are kind of anime-ish graphics, but the style of the graphics hold up so well. I think a game like this would even look good 10 years from now, but yeah, it's just a really nice kind of anime-ish type style, um, like I said, with the style, like the, the UI looks nice, the, the hub of the world looks nice, the map looks nice, you know, everything, the text boxes have style to it. So that goes a long way in making the game look super appealing throughout. Um, the environments in the world, um, you kind of go between two different worlds, like a metaverse in the real world. The real world is, is really colorful, really nice. The metaverses are a little darker, but you see a lot more interesting things in the metaverse. Um, the first metaverse you go to, it's almost like an Alice in Wonderland theme. So um, while it's a little darker, there's a lot more interesting stuff to see while you're in it. So uh, graphics, thumbs up for me. Love them.
1: Okay. So um, good graphics, great art style. Mm-hmm. What about the sound and the music? How'd you like Yeah, man.
2: Yeah, man. Sounds great. Uh, the Persona games have great soundtracks and usually they kind of go from like one type of music from the other from game to game so persona mm-hmm. 5 has like a jazz theme and man it, it rocks like when you're in the battle they have such a they they go between the persona 5 soundtrack and a new soundtrack and it's just random which one plays and everything's a complete banger you know you're playing and they've got the jazz going in the background and they got they've got lyrical songs that go over it too so you know you hear these songs and you're jamming to them the music music's fantastic and not even just the battle music but the music when you're in the um overworld and kind of just walking around it's very poppy and it's like something you could hum to and then you have another song where you go in this like um this jail cell where you kind of mess around with your personas uh it's it's kind of iconic if you hear it it's just like man this sounds like Sounds amazing. So the sound, the music is really good. The voice acting is really good. Of um, all the characters, uh, the voice actors fit whatever characters they're playing. Now, the only issue I think is might not even be an issue for you. The uh, main protagonist is mostly silent. You know, you can pick text boxes for him saying what you want to do, and he'll reply with a "yeah." But that's that's really it. He doesn't really carry on full sentences or anything like that, which is a little disappointing. But you know, a lot of JRPGs kind of do this, but yeah. uh yes, sound, voice, everything, top notch.
1: Okay, cool. So um that brings us to story. Now I know in Persona Five, it's like a sixty, eighty-hour game.
0: Oh, uh, is it? Holy moly!
1: It's it's a long. Is, long it? Long. is it? Yeah, because I had, take I had this had a... from you. Okay, yeah. Oh, go
2: ahead. No, you can finish that. thought no, real I was quick. I was just
1: gonna say I had a couple of friends that were telling me you need to play Persona Five Strike. Yeah. It. And I looked up how long it was, and I was like, "No." So uh,
2: yeah, um, Persona. Let's jump to Persona Five because you know this is this is Persona Five the sequel. I didn't really know that going into it. You know, mm-hmm. I thought maybe it would stand on its own a little more than it does, but this is a hundred percent Persona Five Two, pretty much. So um, the story of Persona Five, like you said, it's uh, I had seventy hours in Persona Five, and I was about halfway done. So, and, and that's as far as I got, like, like 70 hours in a game is, is so much that I literally couldn't play anymore. It was like, man, I'm doing a lot of the same stuff. And I did enjoy Persona 5. It was one of my, I think, my second game of the year that year, even though I didn't finish it. But, yeah, this story carries on from that. You get the, the Phantom Thieves back together, which is the group in Persona 5. You know, mm-hmm. you have all the characters that you had before. And they kind of, the things that were happening in Persona 5, without spoiling it, are starting to happen again. So they get back together and you're going in these jails and there's a metaverse and you've got to change hearts and you've got to get the desires. There's a whole bunch of terms that they throw in that if you didn't play Persona 5 might get a little confusing. They do try to explain some of these things, but I already had a pretty good knowledge of them. So I caught on quickly, but a lot of these things are just like, we kind of expect you to know mm-hmm. which, you know, if you haven't played Persona 5, I I don't know if the story would hit you. And like you said, it's a long game. So I've put in uh, a little over 15 hours and I got past the first boss, like the first like world, I guess. And I'm moving on to the next one. And I haven't really got a big overarching story yet. That first world had its own little condensed story and that's leading to the bigger story. But that condensed story was pretty good. I'm interested to see what the bigger story has in store for me. It seems like it'll be good, but I just, I don't know yet. But, you gotcha. know, the characters, you know, even though I don't know much about the story yet, the characters' interactions is what really kind of carry you through, like, the day-to-day of the game, you know? it's So it's a lot of fun seeing those characters interact again and talk to each other and kind of learning about them. So uh story pretty good. I definitely need to play more so I can have, like, a final verdict on it.
1: And then just quickly, like, going back to Sound and Music a little bit. So... You're saying, so do those characters sound the same in Strikers as they did in Persona 5?
2: Yeah, when I say it's Persona 5 the sequel, I mean, like, it's literally Persona 5 the sequel. Like, going back to visuals, it's it's the exact same game. Okay. Like, I, it's it's a, It's got to be the same engine. It's the exact same everything. The movement's the exact same. The character models are the exact same. Like you said, the voices, as far as I know, everyone is voiced by the exact same person. You know, so... And that's, that's a positive, in my opinion. You know, you're getting this, um, uh, like, just, it, it stays with itself. Right. You know, you're not suddenly getting right. taken out by this character not being the same person. So, right. um, like I said, it holds up.
1: That's good to hear. Nice, nice. Um, how would you say the technical aspects of the game have been? Uh, did you play this yeah. on your PS5?
2: PS5, yeah, it's, it's been perfect. You know, no okay. issues at all um, that I've noticed. So, yeah, not much to say. It's, it's run really well.
1: Okay, so then we get to gameplay. How has yeah. the gameplay been for this?
2: Yeah, probably the most important part. Uh, Persona 5 was strictly a turn-based game. Uh, no if ands are about it. You know, it was, it was your classic RPG. This game is not. You said it was a Musu game, which um, for anyone that doesn't know what type of games those are, they um, tend to put a ton of enemies on screen, mm-hmm. and you slay through them because they all die in one or two hits, and it's fun. It's a lot of fun to play those. And this game is no different. It's a lot of fun. Uh, The combat, you know, you can pick almost all of the Phantom Thieves to be a part of your group to, like, actually fight with them. They all have their own unique weapon. They all have their own persona, which if you don't know what a persona is, think of it as, like, a demonic Pokemon. You know, these are creatures that you can not collect. Each person has their own individual one, but the main protagonist can collect them. So you get this persona and they have different abilities you know um jack frost is a snowman he has ice abilities and he has abilities that raise your defense stuff like that so you know you're playing in this musu type game where you're just slaying these hordes of enemies and then you can do something which i really enjoy the same reason i enjoyed final fantasy 7 remake is you can stop to like bring your persona out and use your uh, magical abilities and everything stops so you don't have to do it on the fly which, you know, I love that about Final Fantasy VII. The issue is it doesn't work quite as well in this game because, like we said, with Musu, a thousand enemies on screen. So it's really hard to get your bearings on where your character's at. And I haven't had a lot of um, success with, like, the um, attack up, you know, the buffs or, like, the debuffs for enemies, you know, because there's so many enemies on screen, it's kind of hard to, like, okay, my character has attack up but he has defense down the enemy has this and that it's just it's very busy on screen but it is a fun gameplay overall the game is harder than i think most musus are uh, the first boss had me about six seven eight tries and it was kind of a nail biter you know i think if you're going into it as a non-persona fan like you would think it's a certain type of game but this this is an rpg you gain levels you gain abilities you get these personas um, It's 100% an RPG with just action combat. But like I said, it is fun.
1: Nice. All right. So we get to that last little bit where we ask...
2: Was it worth it? Was it worth it? I mean, literally everything was great to perfect to amazing. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. worth it. Yeah, It's 100% yeah. worth it. You know, I think... It is worth it for me. It's not worth it to everyone. Uh, If you haven't played Persona 5, maybe start there. See if you like the characters. See if you like the world. See if you like the music, the the graphics, you know? But if you played Persona 5, unless you're a diehard turn-based fan, like, this is just a natural game to get. You know, it brings back all your favorite characters. You know, you're going to different locations. You're meeting new characters. It's really fun to actually see these characters move around the world and actually fight with them instead of having a a turn-based style where your guys just you know, slashing his sword in midair. Like, it's fun to jump around and do those moves. So um if you played Persona, yes, 100%, this is worth it. If you have not and you like Musu games, you know, give it a try. Maybe watch a video on YouTube about, like, what the story was about for Persona 5. Or buy it and put 140 hours into it. It's it's cool. But, yeah, this one, I would say, is worth it for sure.
1: Is it not interesting that you have Persona, F- Persona which is mm-hmm. usually a... Turn-based JRPG, getting out this Mushu that's, like, live-action, real-time fighting. And then you have Yakuza, which has (laughs) definitely been a real-time fighting, the size of, like, a dragon, to go turn-based JRPG with it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is. uh, I think it makes for a fun time, you know, especially for fans of those games. You get to see your game in a different light. Right. So like, cause like I said, I've played Persona Four and Five and I haven't beaten either of them because they're so long. But you know, <laughs> you do as you're playing it, you wonder what it's like to play an action RPG with them almost. And mm-hmm. turns out it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I do plan to get Yakuza like a dragon eventually. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to see how they turn that world, which is it's it's over the top, but it's super realistic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and how they turn that into a, a fantastical RPG. So it's yeah. it's just fun. Fun game to have.
1: Yeah. All right, folks, you heard it. Persona 5 Strikers. It's worth it. How much is it? Yes. Is it is it retail? Yeah, $60. Ask what $60, is. $60. Is this yeah, yeah, I'm sorry.
2: Okay. $60. Um it is a PS4 game. Mm-hmm. So there isn't a PS5 version. Mm-hmm. Um it's also a Switch game, I believe. I haven't played it on Switch. I can assume that it doesn't run as well, but it probably holds up okay. But yeah, it's a PS4 game, but it'll definitely work on your PS5. I don't believe it's on Xbox either. But yeah, 60 Um, There's a little bit of DLC for costumes and music if you want to get that, but nothing that you absolutely need. So,
1: Gotcha. Cool. Awesome. Well, that takes us to our next segment. But actually, we mm. take a popular opinion and thought and say, but actually they're wrong, and this is true. So... um we're gonna we're gonna give Corey a brief reprieve here. Thank you. And uh, David, you wanna go first, or you want me to go first with but I wanna actually? see
0: what you got.
1: Okay, my butt actually is perfect because it bleeds right in from was it worth it? Now oh. people say that this uh, game IP of which I'm gonna talk about, they say that it's horrible, that it's repetitive, that it's junk, that it doesn't mm, okay. contribute anything. But actually. The Dynasty Warriors slash Samurai Warriors IP is one of the most important IPs in all of gaming. OK, Ooh. now, yeah, that seems like a really brave broad proclamation. That's, oh, that's let me, hot. Let me back it up with some facts. OK, yeah, cause we've got bold takes. we got a bold hot takes here. OK, let me back it up with some facts. And when I say back it up with facts, this is just all my opinion. Okay, so <laughs> so, for, so there's multiple reasons. I'll give you two to three reasons right now, okay? <laughs> One reason that I think is the most important is that that IP has single-handedly kept the Mushu genre alive. And I think that if they weren't still popping out Dynasty Warrior games and keeping the Mushu uh, uh, style of games in the zeitgeist, You wouldn't have a Persona 5 Strikers. You wouldn't have a Hyrule Warriors, okay? You wouldn't have these games. Dang, you're right. Yeah, because people would no longer be thinking about it, okay? They wouldn't be, oh, these are the type of games we could play. It would become way more niche than it already is, okay? Number two, these games have a really interesting take on conveying or showing history dynasty warriors is about the three kingdoms and that whole that whole section of chinese history right the same with samurai warriors the fights with the Daimos and the different warlords there right um the other game i talked about uh uh, uh you know um bladestorm right focuses on the hundred years war right they're all making sure that they contribute and they bring some historical Relevance and storytelling to the game, right? We used to have that when all the all the FPSs were World War II shooters, so we were getting that. We were getting historical insight with Call of Duty and Medal of Honor and all the other ones and Battlefield and different stuff like that. Well, these games also allow you to revisit history and to bring these history, historical figures into a more modern context. Who knows about Cao Cao unless you're playing Dynasty Warriors, <laughs> right? No one. And Sao Sao was freaking awesome. Okay, so that's another thing that it's doing. Okay, and um, number number three, which is kind of linked to that, is I also think it's mostly the game is mostly made by uh, Kawaii, is it Koi Tech? I forgot how to say it. Koi the Tecmo. There you go. Um, which is the Japanese studio, I believe, right? Hmm. Um, this game also allows with that history it allows them to convey and to show some sense of cultural pride. Now, one of the games I've talked about I've been loving is Ghost of Tsushima. And Ghost of Tsushima does, I think, a wonderful job of showing the, the great culture of Japan, specifically of Tsushima, right? But that was developed by Western Studio. Nothing wrong with that, but it was developed by a Western Studio. These games allow this studio whether it's Chinese history, Japanese history, it allows them to show and convey the pride they have because they get to talk about some of the builders of their empires, builders of their cultures, of their country, right? We have our founding fathers here in America. They have their own founding father equivalents in these games, all right? That's an incredibly important thing to make sure that's shown and maintained in the gaming industry, especially when all the money and interest is usually so Western-oriented in some ways. So I think those are three reasons why the Mushu Dynasty Warrior slash Samurai Warrior IP is one of the most important IPs in the history of gaming.
2: That is a bold take, my friend.
1: Yep.
0: That is extremely bold. Like, I... I... I agree to a point. I don't know if I can say most important, but it is definitely really important. And I never even thought about that. Now, I have not played a Dynasty
2: Warrior game, but I do enjoy like their offshoots. You know, like I enjoyed Hyrule Ro- Warriors, um, you know, Persona 5, obviously, and they made the Attack on Titan one, which was excellent. Like, I love the Attack on Titan one. Um, and I know they made more. They made a Fire Emblem one. They made one based off the anime Berserk. Uh, do you have one that you're hoping to see?
1: As far as within that IP, or just like a spinoff, any off- any
2: any IP, like you know, I've heard people mention like Super Mario One. You know, you're taking out Goombas and Koopas by the thousands. Like that, that'd be a lot of fun, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I well, see, I'm a historical person, so I like, I would like for them to revisit another historical thing that was going on, and have that be what they explore in regards to these these Musu games so okay. you know but if you're thinking about thinking about offshoots think about a gaming Dra- IP I, a gaming IP yeah Dragon, or, Ball you know, Z, Dragon Ball Z would be a pretty nice one that'd be pretty good um, uh
0: that is actually a great idea because that is one of my but actually it's from a long time ago
1: yeah <laughs> that would
0: be that would be something to throw out there like
1: I've had a couple of animes
2: that I would love for them to do it Demon Slayer or like my hero academia and then uh, for David, I think a Resident Evil one. I was would work literally going to say that. I was literally like, going to say that. Perfect. It wouldn't be like too scary, but you would have, they have the perfect enemies for it. You know, these hordes of zombies, and you could have like Liquors as like, they have mini bosses, right? Like Lickers is like the mini bosses, and Wesker shows up as like the main boss of an area, and you have all the different Resident Evil characters, you know, as your playable characters, and you visit the iconic locations, you know, Spain and the mansion and the sewers. Would be an amazing Musu game.
0: Do you hear us, Capcom? Do Koei we? Tecmo, kiss and make up. Combine, combine. Let's go.
1: Exactly. Fusion.
0: Ha.
2: <laughs>
1: well, it sounds like my butt actually is actually being agreed I mean, upon it's as it's a very it popular butt.
2: Actually, we're yeah, all I don't agreeing. Man. I, don't, yeah. I don't see the problem. Actually, is the issue. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of people are saying you need to stop making those games because they're repetitive. They're just, they're just the same game year after time after time, right?
0: They're repetitive. So Let's what? talk about Madden's Call of Duties. Every I mean, Resident repetitive. Evil's are technically the same game. You know, like, if there's sequels and stuff, it it's all the same game, right. technically. Right. I, I, like, I know I'm a big fan of Dynasty Warriors 4. That was my favorite one. But, mm-hmm. like, they all have a little bit of differences. That's you know that's, it's good,
1: right. All right.
0: What's
2: it? You were saying something. I kind of. I was not saying it. I was no, I didn't say anything. It's better if I
1: don't. Oh. Well well then, I guess uh, David, you're up for butt actually.
0: Okay, so my butt actually, let's my my latest bonus level. uh, I talked about some music, and one of the musics were from twisted metal. And I've actually mentioned those games on previous levels. And, you know, they're like they're making a TV show apparently about it, which I think is really cool. And I think they, you know, they should bring back another game. So as you can tell, like I love the whole Twisted Metal series. But but actually the latest Twisted Metal game is just got awful compared to the rest of them. Even the original Twisted Metal, which I said was for no good reason. It was only good because it brought the rest of them on. But Twisted Metal two, three, four, black. Like you get to choose your character. You get to go through all the levels. You get to fit. You know. You get to listen and watch their story unfold. You get to see their wish, and I I love that premise of that game. But in the newest one, it was for PlayStation three. I think it was just called Twisted Metal. I don't recall correctly. But you didn't even get to choose your character really. It it gave it to you, and you'd go back and forth between not even the same character. And at one level, there was just this, like, jum- humongous hammer, Hammerhead, I think that guy's name is. Like, they really distorted that game. I don't know what they were really doing with it. And it was kind of disappointing. Like, I put probably six or seven hours into it trying to enjoy it, but it just did not do for me that literally any of the other ones did. Like, one game is Twisted Moto Small Brawl. So you're literally like toy cars, you know, you're on a playground map and like a bedroom. Like that was cool. You know, that was a good premise. I, ah, Twisted Metal is an amazing series, but actually the latest Twisted Metal is terrible. Yeah, I
1: agree. You agree? You played that one? Yeah, it's, oh, okay. it's terrible. Oh, Okay. All right. All right. Just, all
2: right.
1: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, uh, was oh, oh My I mean, bad. It was, my bad.
2: It was, it, was, it was exactly what David said. You know, you, you got your, I think there was three, I think there was three stories you could play. Like, I think you played the two, then you unlocked Sweet Tooth story. So uh, definitely not in the spirit of what a uh, Twisted Metal should be. Right. So no, okay. no that's, that's a great one. Okay. Um, all right. It's so my butt, actually. I had a really terrible butt, actually. And I've gotten rid of it. And now I've thought of another, but actually in the last 24 hours. So here we go. Um, We all know the PlayStation 4 won the console race between the Xbox One. It dominated for sure. Um, Numbers for the PS5 is showing that it's already outselling what the PS4 was doing at the time. And we don't have numbers for the Xbox Series X yet. And we all assume the PlayStation 5 is going to keep this lead. But actually... At the end of this generation, the Xbox Series X will reign supreme.
1: Uh,
2: Why do you say that? This? Oh, this is a bold take. Read. It is a bold take, but I feel like I can support it with thinly veiled opinions. Um, first up, I do really want to say that, especially for us on the podcast, Game Pass has been an absolute game changer. It gives you the ability to play so many games that you would not partake in usually. You know, we had just talked about doing Outriders for our next Was It Worth It? That's not a game that any of us would have bought for 60 bucks. you know. But here we are in Game Pass. We get to try this fully AAA game from Square Enix, like a huge company. It's their big game, and we get to try it. And the people that only have a PlayStation, they have to pay $60 for it. PC players have to pay $60 for it. It's it's a great feature that the Xbox has. And we've talked about other things like PlayStation's shutting down their servers. Xbox is trying to conserve their history. Jeremy, you made a joke is that's all they have are good games in the past. And you know what? I agree with you. The Xbox One, I don't think put out any super seller games that I would say, hey, are historical in nature. You know. Forza might be the best franchise of that generation for them. and That's a racing game. But, you know, they have been caring about the past. They care about the original Xbox, the Xbox 360. And while there's no games at this moment that are making you say, hey, Xbox Series X is where it at, they just bought Bethesda. They have purchased, I don't know, maybe nine companies in the last couple of years. They are going to have these AAA games that define a generation. And that's coming for the Xbox Series X. And that's eventually going to sway people to want to buy that system. People right now are jumping on the PS5 because guess what? It is better than the Xbox right now. It has the better exclusive games. But at the end of this generation, people are going to get sick of PlayStation, you know, not having the better deals, getting rid of their history, not having the old games, seeing Xbox games come out day one on Game Pass, and they're going to move themselves over And Xbox is going to win this generation.
1: You know what? I, I wow. completely agree with you. Really? As much crap as I give you, what? I think... Here's the thing. Microsoft has some good things set up. They do a lot of stupid I gotta, stuff. I gotta go. Okay. I, gotta okay. go. I gotta go. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. okay, you can't hear us anymore. But, I, yeah, like, you talk major crap about Microsoft <laughs> constantly, and it's hilarious. But they do do some things right. And this, Corey explained all of it correctly. Thanks man. Wow. I feel good.
1: I mean, you think about it. Which company has the cheapest way to get in the next gen?
2: Yeah. Series S?
1: Right. Which company um, like you said has the most gamer-friendly platform or subscription model?
2: Yes. Yeah. Series, you know the Xbox, what has the most powerful console? The Xbox, you know? Those and things here's matter.
1: Another question and this is basically, this is based on some articles and some stories that I've heard. Which console has the better UI experience?
2: Uh, Probably Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you know, it's kind of up in the air but we do see games already running a little better. Now, is it really noticeable? Probably not, but Like, all these things really matter when there's a future customer making a decision. So Mm -hmm. I I really think they will overtake PlayStation by the end of this generation.
1: Yeah. And
2: then they'll get get cocky and blow it for the next generation. That is the cycle.
1: Right.
0: I was just saying, that's how it works, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right.
2: That's how it works. And Nintendo's in the corner sniffing glue, so...
1: Like always,
0: hey man. I mean, <laughs> they're consistent at least. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> they'll be in. The, they'll be in the corner sniffing glue, and then they'll put out a four K Zelda Breath of the Wild two, and then everyone will crap themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, that is our. But actually, and we are moving on. to Our next segment, the Indie Spotlight, where we want to spotlight an independent game that we've been playing. And David is going to take this. David, you have been playing a game called a dance of fire and ice
0: yes okay so the developers of this game is seventh beat games and this game came out in january of 2019 on the 24th to be exact now it is a a, uh uh game like i said and this game is very different In comparison to other rhythm games so the the biggest comparisons most people are gonna know is like DDR or guitar hero or a rock band those are the three most known in my opinion now when you guys play those games you have your set you know I'm gonna say your your hitboxes you know where the arrows are or your circles are where the uh, the file is what I call them the the notes will come up and you have to hit them when it hits your hitbox right well, in this game, you are two spheres. They call them planets. It's the fire planet, ice planet. And they uh, rotate around each other. And the hitbox is the next square or you know triangle or whatever shape it is. And it, you have to move. It moves and you hit the there. So I really like that the hitbox moves in this game, whereas every other rhythm game, it sits still. Unless, of course, you're using, like, mods and stuff where you can, you know, uh, on DDR, there's drunk mode where, like, the, the arrows kind of move back and forth a little bit. But Dance of Fire and Ice, it's constantly... I call, I've call i been calling them a map. I haven't seen what they're... If that's the actual term or not because you just follow the map. You know, it's like a trail. And uh, how it works is, you know, you have the song, whatever it is. If you're playing... A constant, like, boom, 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 boom. The the map is just going to be, like, a, a straight line. And with the planets rotating around each other, you just just go boom, boom. But if it's, like, uh, boom, boom, the map is going to do, like, a, a 90 instead of being straight. So you have to hit it faster, and it follows the boom, boom. And I think that is really cool. And let's see what else notes I have. You can you can literally use any button. Like, usually, you know, DDR is left is left, right is right. This, you can literally use one finger, you know, just spacebar the entire thing. Or you can use, you know, I use four fingers, and I use, you know, ASKL. And I think that's really cool, because, like, uh, in an Eternal game I've mentioned before, you have to map your keys. And sometimes that gets frustrating, especially if your keyboard can't handle certain combinations of keys. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really uh, user friendly. You know, it's something that is already in the game. You don't have to worry about it and you just jump right in and it's easy to use. And uh, the music is pretty diverse. You know, it's uh, a lot of uh, Asian based, which, you know, is what most uh, dancing games are not dancing, rhythm games are so you know most people are just used to that which i i actually i actually like a lot of their music uh in this game is the main game there's 12 worlds that you can play and each world kind of adds a different uh i don't know what to call it like a design like a theme one theme uh not necessarily like a, a a beat i guess Like, on the the first world, you know, introduces the the 90s corner, the 90 corners. And then, like, world two will add in, like, an octagon kind of beat. So it's kind of boom, 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 instead of a constant beat, you know? So so 12 worlds, 12 different kind of uh, note sequences. There we go. I like that one. So you know they they get harder as you go. You know, of course, though it's kind of like any kind of game. So I I really liked that. It's uh it's consistent in difficulty. I think you know it's it's like we I complained about uh you know Scott Pilgrim that game is just just hard even on the easiest mode. You, there's no there's no uh time to learn to play the game. You're just getting decimated right from the, the get go. In this game, it teaches you at a nice steady pace. And what I really like about the 12 different worlds is there's a song you have to complete at the end of the world, but like the first six, seven uh, sequences of the world, they just, they're teaching you the uh, new sequence of notes that they're trying to implement into the game. And uh, let's see, the graphics are great. They're, uh, They're not choppy because in this, you know, you're following the map and There's background uh, designs and stuff like that. Nothing is, you know, tearing and stuff like that. It's always constantly moving, and to have the game be very defined is a very important quality in this kind of game. The uh, world, not the worlds. the uh, game also has community maps, so, like, people who play the game can also edit their own levels and use their own music that has been uh, accepted to use in the game which I think okay. is cool I've downloaded about a hundred community maps most of them are too hard for me but the uh, the players that are making their own maps are actually astounding and the yeah the things that they've done with those maps is insane like uh you can make the uh, the whole screen like blink and stuff so you have to like memorize there's actually a a a map i downloaded was completely invisible like you to memorize the map based on the music which i thought was awesome and also very rage inducing
1: but it sounds very trolly
0: yeah, it's very trolly, but it was. It's further you get, the more like the the better you feel about yourself. And uh, there's some ha- some drawbacks in this game, unfortunately. As I said, there's twelve levels. There's there's only twelve levels, you know. But with the community maps, it definitely you 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 get your time in this game. You definitely can you know still learn uh, many different things and put hours and hours into this game. I'm already at like. 10 hours, and I still haven't even beat all of the worlds yet. I'm still trying to learn. I've I've been playing rhythm games for 10 years now at least, and this is still difficult and challenging, and I actually really like that. And the biggest downfall of this game is if you mess up, if you miss a note, you die. You have to start over. So just to hear the same part of the song over and over and over, if you're not a type of person that can stand doing that you're not gonna have a great time because you're not gonna beat a, a map in one go unless you're just really good at the game there are some levels where there's like check marks where you don't have to start at the very beginning but they're very few and far between i think one of the the actual worlds only one level has it
1: mm. uh
0: this game is it's only six dollars like if you've never played a rhythm game, you know you can go on Steam, buy this for six bucks. You literally use any key. It's fairly simple. It it introduces you in such a slow manner. I there's there's no way you you wouldn't want to not spend six bucks on this game. So even though there's some drawbacks, the 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 good stuff that comes with it, I think is is amazing. There's so many good reviews on this game. There's over 2,000 good reviews. Yeah. So it, A Dance of Fire and Ice, it's a great concept for a rhythm game. It's definitely gives it a diverse gameplay between all the other rhythm games. And, I, I mean, I highly recommend at least looking into it.
1: Nice. And so, as you know, that's on Steam, 6 bucks. Yep. That's, and that's, like, just regular price or is that sale price?
0: Yeah. That's regular. They, oh, I okay. bought
1: it.
2: Yeah, And I, I should mention real quick that it's also on iOS. Is it? Which I think would work really good if you're playing on your phone the way you're describing it, like with the mm. tapping. So yep. that's it's two, it's $2 on iOS. So um, I'll probably pick it up.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like because I, I know a lot of rhythm games you know they kind of scare people because you know people watch you know the really good people play and they're like how can you even read that how can you go that fast like they have easy levels to introduce you into this kind of game and i think knowing that really helps you be like you know what i can give this a try i'll i will put some time and money into it it does it doesn't scare you it it helps bring you in
1: gotcha because yeah that's true because i've seen you know the DDR stuff, and I'm like, no, thank you. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely insane that the things that people can do with these rhythm games.
1: Yeah. Nice. And then also like the the title, is just an awesome title.
0: Yeah. Uh, it it's it's so direct because it's the dance of the fire planet and the ice planet. Like you couldn't be more direct with yeah. a game title. I thought that was great.
1: A dance. Of Fire and Ice, six dollars on Steam, two dollars on iOS. Mm-hmm. So, guys, if you want a rhythm game to play on your PC, or maybe a rhythm game to play on your, on your, um, on your phone, this sounds like something I might look into this and the grabbing it on my phone. You know, that sounds like something that'd be fun to do if I'm like, I mean, the to... one
2: the one button thing is perfect for a phone. You know, tap it on your phone, like it, yeah. it works brilliantly. I'm yeah, assuming. just
0: just thinking about it, I feel like you could just. Hit your screen literally anywhere, right? I'm assuming you know? that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that makes it even even easier on your phone because I know like con- like I tried to play Among Us on my phone and it's just trying to control that on the- it's just so hard.
1: Yeah. No. All right, man. A dance of fire and ice. I like saying that. I'm gonna keep saying that. Right. Not a song.
2: Of- not not a song <laughs> of fire and ice. Don't get confused.
1: Right. Don't get confused about a song of fire and ice. Because that's Game of Thrones, a dance of fire and ice. Right. Oh, okay. So we have one thing here that I'm assuming has a great ending, and then we have Game of Thrones. So that's going to lead us to uh, <laughs> our final <laughs> thoughts.
0: Uh, I'm glad I ended on season four.
1: Right. Uh, we're going to go move on to final thoughts, where we like to give one last thought, a point we want to make about something related to this episode or not related to this episode slash level. It can be anything we want. So who would like to give their final thoughts first?
2: I, I can go real quick. Okay. All right. First up, Joey, who's a listener and also a contributor on bonus levels, get better, man. Um, That's not important. The important thing I want to talk about is uh, <laughs> character creation. I kind of have a question for you guys. So, I started up Outriders today, and they have a very, very small character creation. I'm not too bothered by it, but I just want to know what your take on a character creation is. Do you guys go for, like, I want him to look like me, or I want him to look like the sexy version of me? Or do you just go straight fantasy and, like, I'm going to make a cool warrior or a nerdy dude? Or do you be like, hey, I want to be a girl in this game? Like, what, what, what do you guys do?
1: Hmm. If I really want to play the game, if I want to have a really good time in it and take it really seriously, I try to create someone that I think is visually interesting. Otherwise, hmm. I create someone that looks like a monstrosity. That just <laughs> of...
2: really? You're that guy? Yeah. <laughs> wow, I would have never thought. David, how about you, man?
0: I usually go female and then just go like random until I see something I like. I'm like, oh, all right, that's a um... cool combination. But, you know, I don't play those games a lot. so
2: Right. I definitely go with the sexy version of myself. You know, like, same hair, same, like, face structure and beard, but, like, all the features, like, cranked up to 10. Like, I look hot in that game. So... Gotcha. Uh, very interesting though that we all have three different kind of takes here. Uh, yeah. And if anyone listening, let us know, because I'm, I'm actually very curious. It's something I'm going to put on Twitter because I kind of want to know where people go with this, you know?
1: Yeah. That'd be, yeah, it'd be a good a good Twitter poll. That's that's where I go. Make them look ridiculous. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's I I would not have expected that.
1: Yeah. David, yours yeah, fits cause... a
2: little more.
0: I know I'm just, kidding. <laughs> I just kidding. All right, all
2: right. I'm just kidding, buddy. Okay.
0: But no, I've seen tons of memes like I have spent 20 hours playing this game. Now I now that I'm done creating my character, <laughs> right. I can finally play. Right. jeez. Like,
2: you guys are you guys any good at it? I mean, David, you said you do like random.
0: Yeah, I I don't I don't mind too much. I just want to see something I like Aesthetically, you're okay to look at. Yeah, I'm I'm
2: terrible. I I use as many of the presets as I can. You know, usually those are pretty good, but I don't play with like the move the nose, move the cheekbones. Like, no, I'm terrible at those.
1: Yeah, if I want to take my time with a game, I do that. I do okay. Yeah,
2: so intricate, Jeremy. Is I know I kind of want to see one of your creations, like the ones you took seriously.
1: Okay, yeah. Um, final thoughts, I'll, I'll go next. All right. My final, my final thought is, Evil Genius Two just came out. It is the sequel to Evil Genius, which is a no. layer-based building game that came out. I want to say 2001, maybe if not a little bit earlier. Um, you get to play Evil Genius that fights that does crimes around the world and fights heroes. The new one came out. I think it's 32.99 something right now. They're doing 50 percent off because it just launched. I am leaning definitely more towards picking that game up very very, very happy, so yeah, that is my final thought.
2: Got decent reviews too.
1: yeah
0: All right, um, my final thought is gonna be a little out of my ballpark, but I've been trying a lot of different uh beef jerkies every time I go over to the grocery store, and you know, I'll try a different one this and that, and I've tried quite a few. I, I tried doing the uh, the the vegan ones, and they just they make them a little too hard. I don't know, like the like, jerky is not that hard. it's supposed to be a little chewable, man. But again, you know, I'm I'm down to the vegan alternatives. But I I bought this one, this grass fed beef jerky sweet chipotle. Oh my god, it is delicious. It has raspberries in it. I don't I don't know what this guy was thinking, but it was genius. I recommend I recommend trying this. Like I don't. You guys have Myers. I don't know if all the listeners do, but I'm definitely buying this one from now on as just enough kick. And it's it's so sweet. I literally it's I what? literally ate the whole bag while we were just discussing what was going on before <laughs> we started recording.
2: I, uh, I don't want to spoil this for anyone, but uh, David will have his top five beef jerky bonus level coming up in a month.
0: Actually that's not a bad idea. <laughs> that's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I was I'm gonna, gonna say now even more.
1: I was gonna sit down. Now does that mean are you a fan of sausage? Uh yeah. Okay. So check this, uh, this
2: out. This is this going back to DJ? Is this something? Oh, uh, this is a joke. Come on, go on, Jeremy.
1: It wasn't and you just you just you just run in amok. Listen listen here. Okay, so there's this there's this sausage, Tennessee Pride. Have you had it?
0: I don't think
1: so. So they have a hot version, right? It's a breakfast sausage, but it's Tennessee Pride. Now here's what you do is you get you get you get a pack of Tennessee Pride. Okay. Hot.
0: Where can I where can I get you it?
1: You can get it at a Myers.
0: Really? Okay, cool.
1: They carry it there. Not at Kroger's, but at Myers. You get you get yourself that, you you cook it up, right? You don't need to add any extra fat because you know the fat just comes out the pork. You do that, right? And then you mix some some flour in that, right? Get yourself going with that, right? Get that all nice and cooked. Then you pour some milk in there. And you make yourself some sausage gravy, okay? And then you go ahead while you're there. You you grab a bottle of Pillsbury biscuits in a in a in a can thing. You pop those. You bake those twenty minutes. Some of the best sausage and gravy you'll ever have. Sausage and gravy biscuits, I'm telling you. Telling I
2: love you. You sauces, sausage, and gravy, biscuits.
0: I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, Jeremy, but I don't like gravy or
1: biscuits. I just wasted so much. <laughs>
0: you didn't waste it because Corey loves it, and right. I am sure. But of the audience.
1: I love. also
2: don't trust Jeremy, so I would never make it. Okay. So, okay. there we go. Okay. Level definitely, I'm definitely, I'm baby. definitely still
0: picking up the sausage though. So it wasn't, it wasn't a waste.
1: It was a waste. <laughs> this, uh, this concludes level twenty-five of the Thoughts and Players podcast. If you like what you heard, especially that last bit, please subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast service. You can like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Thoughts and Players, all one word. You're also on Instagram and Thoughts Players too. Um, I'm sorry, Thoughts.Players. I'm so devastated by this. You can also find us on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter at Thoughts Players too, And You can find us on TikTok at ThoughtsPlayers. Players. Um, anybody would like to just let David know what he's missing on uh, the, the folly of his ways. Tea and, um, and if you also want more recipes with sausage, uh, please make sure to contact us. Uh, That is it for us. Thanks again, everyone. And we will catch you on the
0: next level. Please.